I'm Alex Melia, and this is Our Voices, celebrating women in the UK, the podcast that provides a platform for real people to share their untold stories. In this series, we hear personal stories of women who are true pioneers in their fields. If you enjoy these stories, please share the love and tell a friend. Let's get into today's episode. I went home feeling very, very happy and very, very uh, powerful, actually, that day. I felt I felt I was on top of the world. <laughs> Today, we're hearing the story of an award-winning sailor, a young woman who, when men have made the mistake of underestimating her, not only flips those assumptions, but has fun in doing it. My name's Nicola Stockdale, I'm 22 and I'm from Manchester. Nicola is a senior instructor with the RYA, the UK's Royal Yachting Association. And I do sailing, powerboating and windsurfing instructing um, as a little bit fun. Nicola grew up in a working class family in Manchester. My mum is amazing. She is amazing. She raised me pretty much on her own for the first two years. And then she met my stepdad. She was a teenage parent, so she had me at the age of 17. Which for me, thinking about the fact that at the age of 22, I'd have a five-year-old child right now can't deal with that. That's um, that's quite difficult. Nicola was an only child up until she was seven years old when her little sister Alice came along. I think single children always have like a certain personality to them. It makes them a little bit headstrong. They can get away with some sorts of things. I could kind of just make make my own path and make my own rules in a way. Nicola had a happy childhood with her mum, little sister and her stepdad. Sadly though, he passed away from cancer when Nicola was just 14. So that left mum back again as a single parent. And, you know, she's she's really not had it easy. She's always had people against her. And I think that has shaped her as a person and that has then shaped me and Alice as people as well. Just after the loss of her partner, Nicola's mum decided to start university. So I was trying to raise two young, headstrong girls, um, do a degree, work so she can still earn a living, and managed to do it all and, you know, <laughs> graduated just when I started uni, which is incredible. She really is a, an inspiration for me, superwoman. Looking back now, Nicola can see the ways in which her stepdad's passing impacted her. It wasn't a sudden death, like some people have happened to them. I'd had times to come, come to terms with it and, you know, it did affect me and it affected my schoolwork and it affected my personal life. But people didn't know how to talk to me. They didn't know what to say. They didn't know how to act around me. Um, and that was probably the hardest part about it. But, you know, it meant that in, at home I had to step up and I had to help out and I'd do cooking and cleaning and help mum with Alice. And, you know, it, it kind of made me become an adult a lot earlier than most people at the age, you know, at the age of 14. But I don't think that's necessarily been a bad thing. I think it's given me a lot of strengths and I think it's it's helped me become the person I am today in a good way. Nicola's mum always had high hopes for her. She really wanted Nicola to go to Manchester High School for Girls, a prestigious private school in the area. I have particular memories of being in my very pink, very small bedroom, princesses on the wall, you know, proper girly little girl. And I used to remember seeing these bits from Manhai pop up in my room where mum's maybe ordered the prospectus and it was sat there on top of my toy box. And 
I was always quite curious so I would sit there and flick through it and I was very aware of the school for a long time and you know it was something that she wanted that for me because she'd have wanted that for herself. So when she was 11 Nicola took the school entrance exams a tough set of logic tests and interviews. Finding out I got into Man High was um I just remember being a very emotional day for, for many reasons. Getting the acceptance letter was thrilling, but it also came with pages upon pages of financial information. Even at that young age, Nicola could sense the worry about the school's really expensive fees. I do remember that mixed feeling on that day of, wow, that's amazing, you've got into the school, that's incredible, well done, and then the kind of fear of, okay, but how are we going to make this happen? Happily though, Nicola got a scholarship and a bursary to attend the school. It was at Manchester High, with all its privileges and opportunities, that Nicola got her first taste of water sports. So for someone from my background, water polo isn't like your go-to sport. It's usually football or, um, you know, I used to do gymnastics. That was more accessible, but water polo was kind of, you know, this step above. So I really wanted to give it a go. Nicola made the school's water polo team one of their first competitive games was against an all-boys team from another school. So obviously there was a bit of a buzz going on, oh, boys coming to the school, we're playing a boys team as a girls team. I remember feeling like there was a bit of a point to prove for this game because I knew even before meeting them that there would be a certain attitude towards us because it's the attitude that a lot of young boys have towards, oh, girls doing sports, oh, they're not as good, this is why, you know, they have separate games because they're not as good as us. In the changing rooms before the game, the girls got together and came up with a strategy. Getting ready to uh, kind of put these guys in their place a little bit. We did think about maybe using our femininity to our advantage because we knew they wouldn't be expecting it. Maybe play it off like, oh, we were really worried about the game. Kind of play it like, oh gosh, it's so scary. We're going to play a boys team. We're going to lose when actually behind the scenes we're like, we've got this, right? And I remember talking to our coach and he was like yeah do it because they'll just believe it they will because they're that cocky that right they, they just think we're going to play this girls team they're going to be rubbish we're going to win easy win off we go the teams jumped in the pool and the game began at first the girls were playing their part oh you know we're so nervous we don't know what we're doing um, you know, we let them kind of press us up the pool a little bit, you know, let them think like they were winning. And then suddenly we kind of all looked at each other and we, we kicked it into gear and um, went on the offence. And I think they didn't expect us to be as scrappy as we were. You know, they didn't probably expect us to be as forceful as we were either. And I think that shocked them. So from that point onwards that we decided, OK, let's do this, let's let's win. We really dominated the whole game and I think a lot of faces dropped when they realised, actually, these girls do know how to play water polo. And that was always one of the funniest parts, you know, of playing against any boys in, in the teams. Um, the realisation, you can see it hit the face and the face kind of drops a little bit and then they try and hold it together and you just see panic in their eyes start to set in of, oh my gosh, I'm going to be beaten by this girl, I'll never hear the end of it. Nicola was playing defence, which she says is one of the more aggressive positions in the game. When we were playing and I'd be marking someone, they wouldn't expect me to be as forceful as we were in playing. You know, we knew we knew how to play. We weren't afraid to kind of get in their faces a little bit. And I think they didn't know how to react to that. Nicola could see the boys looking at their coach for reassurance. When we're there, like, 
bring it on. Come on, let's, we're playing a game of water polo here. Get your act together. The girls won the game hands down. I can't quite remember the score, but I remember it didn't look great for them. Um, <laughs> I can put it that way. Uh, they did They did kind of walk away very quietly after the game. The atmosphere in the girls' changing room afterwards was electric. We were chuffed with ourselves for winning the game, first of all. That was always what we were pleased about. And then being able to, you know, add on top that you know, we beat the all-boys team and we really beat them. It wasn't close. It was, you know, a clear win. And, you know, I went home feeling very, very happy and very, very uh, powerful, actually, that day. I felt I felt I was on top of the world. <laughs> it wasn't long before Nicola came face to face with sexist assumptions again. Nicola had always been drawn to the water. She got into sailing when she had the opportunity to take a school trip to Debdale Outdoor Centre for a water sports day. Most people I've met who sail, their parents have at some point sailed and have wanted to introduce their children to sailing and boats and the water. But I had a bit of a different experience. During the school trip, Nicola met her instructor, Martin, who invited her to join the club and take advantage of their affordable sessions. She was hooked. And I think what I loved most about water and going on the water especially is kind of how isolating it is, which sounds really strange, right? But you don't really take your technology out with you because if you drop it, it's gone. Um, <laughs> expensive to replace. So you kind of get cut off from the outside world and you become much more aware of, of what's going on. I think that's one of the best things about it is that it's, it's kind of really freeing. Fast forward a few years to when Nicola was 16 and she was working as a sailing instructor. She was running weekend courses for people who wanted to learn the basics of sailing and get their RYA Level 1 Sailing Certificate. One particular weekend, she was training a group that included two men who already knew each other, which was unusual for these weekend courses. And I just remember straight away when they came into the centre that the attitude was all wrong. I just remember thinking to myself, this is going to be an interesting weekend. The men were in their early 30s. They were well-groomed. They came in with a kind of a swagger. They had their, their shirts on with their shorts and they had sunglasses on their heads and they had this this smile on their face that you, you just kind of look at them and you go, mm, you know, you're up to no good, really. They were chatting about how easy this sailing was going to be, joking about how they would go for a few drinks after. Not the best approach for a serious two-day sailing course. They checked in with Nicola's boss, Martin. Then Martin was like, "Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pass you over to Nicola, who's running the, you know, running the session for the weekend." And they kind of looked at me, and you could see this look in their eyes of, "Are you sure? Like, is this, is this who it was meant to be teaching?" And they probably had their own um, suspicions about me. You know, I, I was young, I was female, probably not what they were expecting. Nicola started out with the safety briefing, talking them through the equipment and the signals they'd be using on the water. As I'm going through it, talking about the importance of a buoyancy aid, making sure you wear it, um, what to do if you need help. I could just see them not really paying attention and kind of laughing at each other, to which I pulled them up on. You're going to want to pay attention to this because you're going to need my help at some point this weekend. It's windy. And they both kind of looked at me like, oh, she spoke to us. You know, we weren't <laughs> They were kind of shocked that um, I'd called them out, really. Don't forget, Nicola was 16 at this point. It's not easy to call anyone out, let alone people twice your age. But for me, 
safety is key. I'm very firm on safety rules and I am with anyone I've ever worked with. So, you know, I was going to tell it to them as it, as it was or they weren't going out on the water. After she called the men out, they got sheepish and began to pay more attention. But the belittling didn't stop there. Nicola took them out to the dock and asked them to wait while she got the boats. As I'm pulling it over, they kind of rushed over like, oh, you, you need help with that, that's really heavy, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm fine, thanks, you stay over there because, you know, I don't want you to get in the way, basically. And I'd have to kind of assert myself in a way to say, I'm absolutely fine, you just pay attention to what I'm talking you through. You know, I think it was probably coming from a nice place, but it was coming from a place where they kind of expected me to need the help. The expectation wasn't, oh, she can handle herself. It was the expectation of she's going to need help doing this. Whereas I know I've seen other sessions run by my male peers who were the same age, probably about a similar build, and they were never questioned. Eventually, the group got out on the water. It's a small lake surrounded by trees, so it's mostly protected from the wind. But this day was different. The wind was was coming from behind the centre, blowing down the lake, which is always when it's the strongest. So it, it was really quite blustery. The flags were flapping. The water wasn't looking as, as still as it usually does. Nicola jumped in the boat with the group to show them the ropes, as it were. That's so they can get used to how it feels, obviously, especially with the weather, how it was. They needed someone in there to help balance the boat because it's really rocky, it's difficult, things move quickly when it's windy. The men were clearly startled by how challenging the sailing was, and that humbled them. I think they were kind of shocked into a, a bit of silence and a bit of, OK, we're going to listen and we're going to learn. But on the second day of the course, when the weather was sunny, they were up to their old tricks. The cockiness was back. I kind of, you know, let them have that attitude a little bit because I knew it would come back to get them. And I knew that they wouldn't listen to me say that to them. They had to find out for themselves. And that's not to say that, you know, I wasn't teaching them in a way, but it was they, there has to be some kind of self-realisation from a sailor um, of, of what you're dealing with. So Nicola sent them out on the lake with their sails at full height. They started off OK. They were doing their manoeuvres that I was talking them through. They were doing quite well. And then it started to get a little bit windier. She went over to the boat and offered to reduce the sail, but the guys refused. Then the wind got a bit stronger again. And I remember going over and seeing the boat looking a bit more erratic. It was going around the water, tipping around a little bit. I could, I could sense the, um, the kind of anxiety from the boat a little bit. You kind of, you can start to see when a when a sailor is starting to get a bit nervous. The wind continued to pick up, and eventually the men swallowed their pride and asked Nicola for help. That was the realization from them that they knew that they they needed my help um, because it was getting quite strong and they knew that if they didn't get my help they were going to end up going for a swim and nobody wanted that. After we'd had that kind of conversation and they'd reached out to me for help um, the dynamic really changed and it, it, it I think that hit to the ego um, really kind of changed their attitude towards the sailing and towards me and it meant they they were much more receptive and and listening to me and what I was telling them. And they actually ended up doing really, really well once they were properly taken on board my advice, because I think at that point they valued my advice. It did take me back a little bit that they came and thanked me, but it felt great because 
you know, I felt like I'd made a difference a little bit towards their attitudes, potentially towards other female sailors in the future that they maybe came across. So, you know, that was that was a good feeling. In 2016, Nicola won the Manchester Active Young Volunteer of the Year Award for her dedication to sailing and volunteering at the Outdoor Centre. The more that we start to value women and lift them up and really help them see the potentials that they can, they can reach, society will be improved as a whole. Nicola speaks with an assurance and maturity which has clearly been developed from her own unique experiences. You can see how strongly she's been influenced by her mother. As a powerful female role model, Nicola's mother showed her daughter that women were in no way inferior to men. She also showed her daughter how much could be achieved at a young age. This helps to explain how Nicola has been able to excel in each environment she's entered into. Whether it be going to private school or operating in an environment traditionally associated with males, Nicola has been utterly undeterred by new challenges. Being underestimated by the males around her has also helped to motivate her even more. The way in which she carries herself with such confidence and belief will naturally change the attitudes of those around her. If you want to keep in touch with the show and be the first to find out what's coming up next, go to our website, www.ourvoicespodcast.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook. The links are in the show notes. And if you haven't already, give us a quick follow in your favorite podcast app. See you for another incredible story next week.